lining last summer and about a dozen or more of us went to that and it's more than just the adventure of going out and doing something it that's exciting yes they're really excited about this so am i yeah me too i felt really um important that i was supposed to stir you In this one thought, as the word of God is spoken to you, that the verse, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world. Hmm. And I felt like this morning, the love of God wants to meet you in a new way. That it wants to like encompass you and that his love wants to reach into places of your life that it maybe has never touched before. That he wants to show you a new side of his love. That love that's so powerful that sent his son for you, that love. And that love is what you need for this week. So not only that he might touch you, but he would fill it so full that you have enough love to reach people this week with. So ask the Lord, open up your heart, unzip it, unsnap it, just pull it apart and ask him to fill you with his love this morning as the word comes to you because God is love and his word is love towards you. So God, we thank you for your love. It's extraordinary. It's undeserved. It's incredibly powerful and there isn't anything that limits your love from reaching us. Nothing we did this week Nothing we could do separates us from that love because your love for us is so crazy amazing. And Scott, we thank you that this morning as the word is preached to us, the love of God is revealed to us in ways we've never considered. That you would meet us in the places that are even deeply hidden within us. We thank you for the power of your love. We ask God that that we, you would fill us so full to overflowing that we might love people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good morning. And it's good to see all of you here today. Good to see everybody in line and to have you watching us today. I'm just really excited about today because uh, this was totally a God thing. Uh, as it, it usually is as you write a sermon, but it just, I hope it's f as fun for you as it was for me to write. You know, way back in 1984, way back then, a remarkable song debuted, written and sung by rhythm and blues singer Stevie Wonder, meaningfully titled, I Just Called to say, I love you. It famously recounted the writer's intent to share his heart by singing words like the following. No New Year's Day to celebrate. No chocolate-covered candy hearts to give away. No first of spring. No song to sing. In fact, here's just another ordinary day. No April rain, no flowers bloom, no wedding Saturday within the month of June. But what it is, 
is something true made up of these three words that I must say to you. I just called to say I love you. I just called to say I care. I just called to say I love you and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. You might think, why would these words be so powerful and so poignant over 40 years later after they were put out there? Let's think about that. Along those same lines, I want us to think of why Valentine's Day is still so important to people here. Don't get me wrong. I I know that there's a whole lot of folks that that don't think a whole lot of this... uh, this coming up special day, and they dismiss it as so much commercialism designed and promoted by card companies and chocolatiers and flower growers. But even with such thoughts being common and commercialism running rampant in our world, I ask you to consider today some deeper meaning to these words and these sentiments that just may have quite the theological and divine undertones. So let's take a few moments and think about this thought. Not as so much an earthly statement, but more as an idea that Jesus would promote and consider as a perfectly normal and appropriate and acceptable statement. I just called to say, I love you. But first, let's pray. Lord, please open our eyes and our ears and our hearts today and help us to hear you speak to us as you show us just how much you really do love us. Thank you for your presence, your constant love, and your willingness to want us to hear you, to know you, and to love you back. In your name we pray. Amen. You know, America is changing in some ways. I think we all know that. And yet, uh, some things don't, don't change. Some things have been staying the same for years. For instance, you may have heard the old story of Oli and Lena, where Oli, Lena asks Oli, Oli, do you love me? Well, Oli dismisses her question as so much sentimental drivel, but she continues on saying, but Oli, do you love me? Over and over again, she asks him the same bothersome question until he finally quiets her by saying, you know what, Lena? 50 years ago, when we got married, I told you I loved you. If that ever changes, I'll let you know. (laughs) Similarly, in the old Broadway show, Fiddler on the Roof, the main character, Tevye, asks his wife, Goldie, do you love me? To which she lists and sings all the things that she has done for him over the years. 
you know, raising the kids, milking the cow, keeping the house and more, until he finally says, so you do love me? To which she finally confirms, I guess I do. But the final line is the critical line, I think, for us to hear. And I I just can't help but it's just haunting. Finally, they sing, it doesn't change a thing. But even so, after 25 years, it's nice to know. It is nice to hear those important words. I love you. And I believe it's important for us to hear them and hear them often. So often today, this whole idea and concept of, is, of love is almost just assumed. It's often taken for granted and not really consistently reinforced. It's not even talked about half the time and oftentimes seldom thought about, especially in our living together society. The problem is that when this familiarity and disregard for these key words happens, little issues tend to turn into big issues. Feelings get hurt. Relationships warp, if not totally disintegrate. And God and Jesus are not glorified nor honored like they should be. As children of the Most High God, which we are, we were meant to love, to be loved, and to know that love firsthand as God intended it, because such love is from Him. But is that the case? Unfortunately, not always. Maybe in some cases, not usually. We're told some very important points that go along with this from 1 John 4, 7 to 19. Things we need to hold dearly and tightly. Things that need to be repeated over and over again until they become so integrated into us that they become the way that we act and live without thinking about it. 1 John 4, 7 says, and following says, Beloved Let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. Hear that? God is not just a catchy commercial phrase, but he, his very essence is love. Ponder that one for a moment, if you would. Verse 9 goes on to say, In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. In other words, he took our place in the judgment for our sins when we put our faith and trust in him and in the love that is God's. 
Verse 11 goes on and says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. Just like Jesus loved those outside of his faith community. Verse 12, no one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he gave us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence. Confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in the world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. And the best part is that he told us about that love. And he wants it reinforced in us every day. Boy, those are some mighty words, don't you think? Words that can cut to the very core of the greatest problem child. Even one like me. So what does Jesus have to say about love? Let's look at some of the things he said about this incredible concept and the reality that is love. Firstly, I think uh, that to Jesus, love was supposed to be conspicuous. John 13.35 tells us, By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Make it conspicuous. Sorry, a quiet love. Assumptive love. You know, I don't know, maybe even between you and yourself. Or not wanting to mention the topic of love like Oli and Lena did is not what Jesus had in mind for his form of love. He wants us talking about it. He wants us reveling in it. And he wants us growing in that type of love. The love that Jesus had in mind here was obvious. It was so obvious, in fact, that, it, that others could not only see it, but they could also tell a difference in those who believed that way. To the point that where they, they wanted to find out how they could live that way. It went from just a thought to a way of life. It was that obvious. Remember the old children's song? Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Love has got to shine in and through our lives as this incredible light that comes from none other than God himself being extremely obvious, especially for others to see so that they become intrigued by us I want to emulate us too. 
If our job is to literally help other people to make decisions for Christ, then they've got to want it. And not to be put off by a stance or by our arrogance. And for that to happen, we've got to make it appealing and conspicuous to love as God loved us. Secondly, Jesus' love was commanded for us to do. It was not a suggestion. I think John 13, 34 tells us, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Ouch. That steps on toes. Even as I have loved you. Now that may be a problematic situation for many of us. We all want to be loved, I know that. We all like the, the thought of being loved. But sometimes we don't always want to share that same love with others, especially others that we don't find especially to our own liking. What this says is that love is not necessarily a nice feeling. Brooke sang about it a little while ago. It's not a feeling for us. It is instead an obligation from Jesus, a command to love people as he loved them. And all that goes along with that kind of love, all the elements of, of God that saw him, Jesus that saw him all the way through all the betrayal and the hard times that he went through for our sake. For instance, along those lines, how many times have you heard it? We probably all have. Heard situations where a spouse says, no, I don't love my spouse anymore. We're going to get a divorce. I have to ask that. Since when was the wedding vow as long as we both shall love? No, it's as long as we both shall live. The biblical command behind that is husbands love your wives. So if that's not happening, there's disobedience taking place which is something that's against God, right? The other word for something against God is what? Sin. To come back to a statement like that is oftentimes you don't have feelings for them anymore. So what? In the scripture, I'm going to put it the way they would put it today. I think Jesus is basically telling us to Suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> Lacking the feelings of love is never a valid excuse for neglecting the actions of love. Can I repeat that? Lacking the feelings of love is never a valid excuse for neglecting the actions of love. We've got to remember that this world is often telling us Things that uh, just plain aren't true. But sometimes they sound pretty good to us. Things like, oh, be happy. Or do what makes you happy. I hope we all realize that God never said that this life was going to be all about being happy. At least not yet. Happiness is very fleeting. It's really quite nebulous and transient and temporary. And how do you really identify it? Whereas being obedient to God... 
Now that's a goal and an actual accomplishment that's worthy. Maybe you've seen, there's a train diagram out there of the four spiritual laws tracked. On this, there's a, a little train. The engine of the train is, is, it says it's God's word on it. The coal car is faith. The caboose represents feelings. The train will run only if you put faith into God's word. When that happens, good feelings will follow along. But you can't run the train on good feelings. They are a byproduct of what's taking place up front. Similarly, when we obey God's words and begin to love others sacrificially as he did, and as Jesus loved them, then feelings of love will naturally follow. But you can't just bail out on the commandment to love others because you lack feelings of love for them. You know, I'm pretty sure that with Jesus' comments in his prayer before he, he was killed, I'm pretty sure that Jesus, if he had followed his feelings, he wouldn't have gone to the cross for us. His love was very costly. His love was primarily based on his obedience to the Father's commandments. Not my will, but yours be done. It wasn't based on human standards or capricious feelings. But I have to ask, what about us? Think about it. What is our love? What is your love based on? I think we're uh, told that our love should be based on uh, what Ephesians 5, 26 and 27 says, where it says, a husband's love for his wife should aim at sanctifying her so that she would be holy and blameless. Now, this isn't just about husbands and wives here. What this means is that love is about being committed to the other person's highest good, which would include becoming more like Christ Jesus by growing in holiness and living to glorify him. That commitment to the other person's highest good might be thought of you could say, as the glue that holds a marriage together, along with being the same commitment that causes church members to work together and work through conflicts and to seek and to preserve the unity of the church in the bond of peace while also being the the element that helps God's grace and love to flow into the lives of those who haven't committed themselves to Christ yet. That's how important God's love is. Third, Jesus' love from God, I don't know how else you can say it, was very costly. John three sixteen to 21 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. What a goal, huh? 18. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already 
because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. Boy, nothing has changed, has it? For everyone who comes, everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his work should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Costly? Wow. Talk about drawing the proverbial line in the sand for right and for wrong. This is the way it's going to be, says John. God's way is light. Anything else isn't. God so loved us that he gave us his one and only son, Jesus, to live and to die and to rise again for our sins, for our actions against God. Now let me ask you this. Can you even imagine loving so much that you would even give up your only child for those folks, many of whom didn't appreciate it or didn't even want it. Think about that. That's how much God loves you and how much he wants you to know it and how much he wants you to share it with others. Because he already knows that a, a whole bunch of the, those folks out there you know, the ones that he still created will still choose to go against him forever. And yet he continues on saying, basically, Jesus is it. My son is the way. Believe it. It's really your only choice. I'm giving you one last chance to give it right. Get it right. Similarly, he tells us to be bold, yet loving with how you share his good news. That we should do things that make his costly love gift to us not only vividly apparent to the thems of the world, but also totally worthwhile for them to stop and step from darkness into his light. I beg you, don't take this love thing for granted. Because too many folks are missing out on it. When we do that, and, and that's just not what he, what he wants. Jesus died for all of us, whether we're in this place or out there. He died for all of us, even those that we don't find particularly enjoyable at some point in life. It's still up to us to realize just how God has blessed us every single day to count those blessings, to itemize them, to remind others of them, to show those blessings off over and over and over again in love. That's what Jesus wants. As a side item, this week uh, was really interesting to me. I actually attempted, believe it or not, I actually attempted to go to Fond du Lac on Thursday for a meeting. 
Didn't think it would be that bad out. I never made it. I got up as far as Slinger and turned around. There were cars going off the road all over the place. The weather was amazing, along with being terrifying. It, you know, it literally went from nothing to rain to slush to snow to dangerous rutting ice that was just sending cars all over, all within a few miles. God was like, hey, you think that was something? You want to see what I can do next? Watch this. And he made his presence even more vividly known. And then within another hour, things had totally changed again. And I came back home easily and safely on clear roads that were treacherous just a short time before. And Friday, I, I headed to La Crosse at sunrise. And it was literally, I don't know if you saw it, but it was one of the most beautiful mornings I have seen in a long time. The day after this terrible weather. And all I could do was worship God and praise Him for it and for His mighty loving hand. If you couldn't see God and His love this week as He provided for what we need in the days yet to come, I don't know that you were looking very hard. And God does that for all of His people, day in and day out. Simply asking us to take the ball of love that he provides and run with it. Share it. Make his presence known to those who need to see it yet. And I would dare to say that there are a lot of people who still need to see it. I need to see that love. And I would be so bold as to say that you need to see that love too. Along with everybody in this room, and everybody in this world, we need to see this love regularly. We all need to see and experience this wonderful love that God has for us to know firsthand. I would dare say that every day, God wants us to remember and understand that he calls to say, I love you. Every day, he says, you know what? I'm not going to wait 25 or 50 years to say it. And neither should you. And every day, he's putting people on our path that need to see that love and hear about that love and know that love through you, too. Every one of us needs to take the days we have and share that love of God that he's brought to us with them. Whatever that looks like. How many different ways can you say, God loves you, and so do I? It doesn't have to cost a fortune. Maybe it's some kind words on a note card. Or a quick and powerful text to somebody. Maybe it's a single flower. Or a favorite candy bar. Or a batch of cookies that you know someone likes but never gets because their spouse isn't around to make it for them anymore. Maybe it's just a simple phone call. Maybe it's something big that someone needs and God has given you the ability to provide for. 
Maybe it's calling up someone and taking them to dinner or just giving them a ride to the grocery store. Maybe it's just visiting and sitting with somebody who's lonely or sick. Maybe it's just giving a hug when that's all you can do. I would say that there are more ways to show God's love than there are people to receive it. And the fun part is that the more you do it, the more you want to do it. And so you do it more often. Furthermore, I've got to tell you that it's not always the people you think need God's love that really may need it most. I know of lots of folks who are out there that that look like they've got life all together, but who really need you to speak the life and the love of Jesus into their hearts. Nobody is immune to the anxiety and the destruction of this world and of all the devil's advocates. But I've got a secret for you. Spoiler alert! In the end, despite all the earthly issues that threatened us and challenged us, here comes. God wins. And his love overcomes it all. Never fear the world and never doubt God's goodness in his love. Stevie Wonder may have written it, but God is singing it out loudly with all his power and might that he has today. I just call to say I love you, and I say it from the bottom of my heart. You know, when the Israelites entered a special land or had a special occasion to remember, they, they built an altar of stones as a constant reminder of what God had done for them at that point and in that place. As we commemorate Valentine's Day this week, this, this day that's devoted to the concept of love, let us be totally reminded of all the love that God has given to us and just how we can share that love with others who need to know it too. Don't be stingy with that love. Receive it. Relish it. And then share it. In the name and through the power of Jesus, the Christ, our Lord, God's Son. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for sharing your love with us and asking us to share that great love with others. It is so overwhelming that you want us to do this work for you. You are so awesome. Let us never forget it and help us to impress others with your goodness and love just as you have done for us. Let us go from here doing exactly that, sharing that love everywhere we go. In Jesus' name. I'm going to ask Mike to come up for for the benediction, but just to tell you that uh, as a tangible reminder of God's great love given for you, as you leave here today, we've got a special little treat for you. Debbie has made wonderful little cookies for everyone to take and enjoy, a symbol of God's love given for you. God bless you all. God loves you. Share that good news and that blessing with others as you go. In Jesus' name, amen.
Let's stand. Look at your neighbor and tell them you love them. Now look at another neighbor and tell them you love them. Yeah. I love you. Hallelujah. I love you. <laughs> isn't that fun, isn't it? Put your hand in your heart this morning. God's going to share his love with you through blessing you and just encouraging your heart today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you, lift up his countenance upon you, and give you peace in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. There's going to be prayer up front if you need to come.